Kelly, are you all right? I just got drafted into doing these Game of Thrones recaps on a Bob Dylan podcast. I, you did. Funny old life. I like that you did a head shake for <laughs> the people out <laughs> for there. The podcast listeners. This is mixed up confusion. Sign on the window. Sign on the windows. Mixed up confusions. <laughs> Game of Thrones recap podcast. <laughs> Supplemental? No, that's a different thing. Podcast episode six. Beyond the wall. Riding the struggle bus all the way through. Eehaw. Eehaw. Welcome to all the things I said before. Titles, titles, titles. We do it every week. This episode is called Beyond the Wall. We have opinions about it. We're going to jump right into it. This episode, funny in a not funny way, was directed by Alan Taylor, who is famous for doing a lot of early Game of Thrones. He did Baylor, which Ned Stark obviously bit the dust, Fire and Blood, which was the season one finale, and some of those themes from that time sort of echo. I think we did this earlier in the season with um, one of the writers or directors, I forget. Basically, like, he built up his Game of Thrones CV to be the perfect one to execute a certain episode because he had been doing all of the the beginnings of all of the storylines. And then Alan Taylor also did, like, The North Remembers, the season two premiere, and then uh, Valor Morgulis, the season two finale. He has not done anything since then. So it's kind of his return, if you will. Please don't go, Jacken. Jacken is dead. Say it again. Valar Morgulis. Valar Morgulis. Good. Farewell, Arya Stark. Okay, so we are going to start, as we always do, with our tour around the world. Now, we didn't go to a lot of places this week. So we're going to split up Beyond the Wall into two sections. We'll start there, and then we will end there. So everybody, strap in and join us for Game of Thrones. Beyond the Wall. Recap. Beyond the Wall, part one. Nature porn. Absolutely some of the most beautiful, scenic stuff I've ever seen in a TV show. It's pretty gorgeous. I was dying. But not really, because you're... No, I'm totally fine. I wasn't like Thoros. Oh. So let's roundtable our friends, uh, just to be, just because I think it's the easiest way to kind of do it, unless we were doing like a narrative podcast, which we're not. This is not a recap podcast. We are not a recap podcast. Right. We're not. We're, we are going around a map. That's true. We're map-based. We're (laughs) map-based podcast. And we're going to get through it, goddammit, just as fast as they fucking do. Okay. Tormund was gold this episode. I want to say that before we even get going. There is no debate that Tormund is the best. And all of his talking, I honestly thought he was going to fucking die. Yeah. Because that's what they do. Yep. Now, personally, on some disgusting level that I possess, I'm so happy that he lived. Uh, Fan service me is so stoked. I love Tormund. Yes. Should he have died? Yes. Yes. Okay, so let's start off. Tormund is not dead. And if he did die, we would still talk about him because, rest in power, you are amazing. Tormund and John, they have a conversation. What did we think about that? 
brings up Mance Raider, we're basically echoing the same thing about his pride that Mance said to John, and then John said to Danny, and we're just like, everything is all the same. And then Tormund says, yeah, bro, you should just bend the knee. Yeah, well, I'm on Team Tormund for sure in that debate. I've yeah. been saying that this whole fucking season. But Tormund would say it. Is that not weird and out of character? That seems weird. Maybe. I didn't really take it as, like, much. I know that he kind of, like, he just basically hinted at it. I know part of me feels like to be generous to it and thinking about it all week because people have been really not happy about it. I feel like there's a side of Tormund that has a chip on his, on his shoulder and there's a side of him that he is like swinging his dick in front of all the northern houses. Like that's Tormund that we know and love. But I think that there's like a softer side of Tormund that is also capable of this kind of like insight and thought that we do not really give him credit for. And I think Tormund's reading the room pretty well here. Like he understands that like John took these like a huge risk of them risk. Oh man! Oh yeah! <laughs> he took bad. a no, it was terrible. He took a huge risk in standing up for them, and I feel like this is in his way like a way to pay back. Like I think he legitimately believes like maybe you should just do it, not because it's like against Tormund because they're doing a lot of character assassination, but I don't think Tormund is part of that list. I'm sorry. I don't think that he's just like, la-di-da, everybody bends the knee now. Who fucking cares about being king of the north? I don't think it's that. I think it's more just like, I want to be a good friend right now. Like, I've yeah. seen the world as, like, how it operates, and I just want to kind of give you some advice. Because, yeah, Mance Raider, I, I supported him, but maybe he was wrong. I think I kinda... we're all a little sensitive because our characters are being ruined. But in this particular instance, I think that Tormund was valid in what he's saying, and that's something that would not be out of his character. Yeah, and I think, uh, let's give Tormund a break. Yeah. Because he was the greatest. Let's move on to Gendry, Thoros, and Beric with the Hound interrupting. So Gendry is right when he says, you fucking sold me. Sold me <laughs> a bitch. You should put leeches on my balls. Yeah. But then, of course, the Hound's correct because that dude is whinging as fuck. Because <laughs> you learned the word whinging, which was great. Which was kind of awesome. Could have been worse. She wanted to kill me. But they would have killed me if it wasn't but for Davos. But they didn't, did they? So what you're whinging about? I'm not whinging. Your lips are moving and you're complaining about something. That's whinging. This one's been killed six times. You don't hear him bitching about it. They make light of it because I think that they have to. And I totally understand. Like, just like, get over it. You know, drink this rum and, or whatever he's drinking and get on with it. But I think there is something to be said. Like, them selling Gendry away bolstered Stannis and brought a lot of shit on the world that would probably not have happened if that one decision was different. So I think Gendry's like right without like knowing it. The entire history of the, sto the story would have been changed if Gendry hadn't been sold. No reason going down that well, And hole. Gendry's not yeah. looking at it like that at no, all. No, it's just a personal all. like, you sold me to a witch and she tried to weirdly sexy hurt me. Yeah. If Gendry was just in the Brotherhood of Banners, mm -hmm. Santa's probably would have been like, this is not worth it. We're stopping. I'm done. And he'd still be alive. The Brotherhood without banners or the Brotherhood, Brotherhood without. without borders? Banners, right? Banners. Doctors without borders. Right, right. Doctors without borders. Brotherhood without banners. <laughs> right, right, okay. Yeah. What is Thoros drinking? Uh, so I, it never ends. First, yeah, it is Amazing. a never ending pouch of whatever that is. But my first hunch would be wine because that's the thing that's most readily available there. And after he drinks it, his mouth does look a little purpley. Uh, but then I'm like... They light it on fire later. Wine does not catch. No. 
So it has to be a harder liquor. Hard liquor. And they do mention in another episode that they have rum, and because the how much is too sweet or whatever for me. Yeah. Uh, so I would imagine it's a higher proof alcohol, but the way he pounds it, I thought it was wine, and the way his mouth is all purpley. I mean, he's a he is a famous drunk. drunk. So that's the one character trait he has. So cool. Wow. He's he's got a lot more going. Well, on. I mean, just for the show doesn't let him. Really the show breathe, doesn't let so. him. No, no. And, but also, it did let him breathe before. But I think if if we want to start with assassinations, I think we're okay with the kind of beginning here. His end was not great. Um, somebody had to die. I understood Thoros. He would have been on my top. He would have been top on my list. I think it's for not, the easy ones to go. Not bold. Not bold at all. No. Uh, not satisfying in any way. The Thoros that existed. Thoros and Dondarrion kind of got a weird shrift. They're interesting because they showed up in season three and then disappeared mm-hmm. and they came back. So we didn't get a whole lot of time with Thoros, but I don't know, it's still disappointing nonetheless. Tormund and the Hound, probably the best interactions of the entire night. The entire time that I was uh, watching this, all I could see is a better show uh, doing this duo, Justus. Because <laughs> I wrote Justus and I was like, what the fuck word is that? Was J-O-O-S, just so I would know. That I was doing that, just terrible. Um, I would see, like this would be a great duo. Yeah, that I would love to see running around. We'll never get to see it. Um, the Hound is talking about how I got the scars. Clagain Bowl. Oh man, Clagain Bowl. Don't care. Clagain Bowl. Sorry, I just hear that in my head all day, every day. <laughs> I don't think you truly mean. You have sad eyes. You want to suck my dick? Is that it? Dick. Cock. Ah, dick. I like it. Bet you do. No, it's pussy for me. I have a beauty waiting for me back in Winterfell. If I ever get back there. Yellow hair, blue eyes. Tallest woman you've ever seen. Almost as tall as you. Brienne of Tarth. You know her? You're with Brienne of fucking Tarth. Well, not with her yet. But I see the way she looks at me. How does she look at you? And she wants to carve you up and eat your liver. You do know her. We've met. I want to make babies with her. Think of them. Great big monsters. They conquer the world. How did a mad fucker like you live this long? I'm good at killing people. There's nothing better. And uh, and that was the moment I was for sure he was dead. Because we don't get to we don't get to feel we don't get to feel that anymore. That was um that was too much. Um and then finally, probably the most profound moment of this season was John and Beric. I think when they talk about that connection between both of them, that we both died. Uh, I know that you died and you were brought back by Melisandre. You know that I've died. And instead of kind of going the Buffy route where they talk about like what it was like or whatever, and Beric's obviously said that he, you know, he feels less each time. They sort of talk about why. Which I think they kind of touched on with the Hound before when he saw Into the Flames when they were on their way. It's like, why are you here? It's like, I ask myself that every day. And that's the crux of everything. And I think that the show deftly handled it for all of Benioff and Weiss's kind of bullshit this season. Great dialogue. Very well done. And we are blessed somehow for whatever fucking reason. Jon Snow falls to the ground. The arrows go around him. He is about to die in a pile of bodies and... He gets to come free of it. You know, he drowns in a fucking frozen lake later on and just shows back up like he's blessed. And they both come to the conclusion that like the only 
the only good thing in life is not fighting for kings and queens, but is fighting for your friends, the people around you. So we are going to live. We will not find that much joy here. I don't think they're going to. But I think Barak, in a way, finds a little joy. I think even in Thoros dying, which is kind of sick, I think he's been ready for that life, the one life, the one left for a long time now. And so even in that, I think maybe Barak did find a little. So those are our just like slight interactions with our friends as they're walking through the gorgeous, gorgeous Icelandic countryside. Any any thoughts on that beginning before they get to the, the wildlings? Iceland's beautiful. Stupid beautiful. Don't you just want to walk there and like get in like, I don't know, there's like creeks that run through. I, I love. It's wonderful. Well, have you been there? No, not that well. I would, I love running creeks in snowy vistas. Yeah. I just so love cool. that like that is like warm enough not to mm-hmm. freeze, you know, it's, oh, it's just lovely. I love it. We're doing Winterfell in one fell swoop. Fuck this. Fuck all of it. We're doing it right now. We're going to cover the whole thing. So I want to say that we started out with a absolutely lovely monologue. The game is rigged. And she says that later on. You know, little girls don't get to choose right. what life they want to have. She said, I know, um, I know I'd know, i broken the rules, but I knew it wasn't wrong. Yeah, exactly. Loved it. And then she just turned around and just. Then just diarrhea out of her mouth. A lot of Arya's lines in that are just simply pathetic. Like when she's talking about, you know, you were inside knitting and that's some pretty handwriting that you have when she's talking about the note. Um, You know, and then I didn't betray my entire family for my beloved Joffrey. She's speaking as if they haven't grown up. And I just like, I thought we hashed this out in episode one. I just don't understand why Arya is acting like she's 10 again. Can you so, tell me what's going on? I hate this. I hate every little bit of it. And it's because I love Arya so much. Me too. It was brought up to me. Then this is something I, I don't know that I agree with, but I can definitely understand the position of. And if this is something that the writers are taking, then okay. So we want to believe that Arya has grown up and we want to believe that they talk off camera and they're friends. And of course they are because they love each other and they should be. Yes. Okay. If we try to take this from a different angle, wherein like... Arya and Sansa didn't get along when they were kids. Right. And they, for some reason, didn't didn't grow or change. Or even if they did, being around each other has not changed their mental idea of each other. Maybe Sansa... Sansa it's changed Sansa's Sansa, yes. 100%. Yes. She's fine. But She's Arya, an adult. Yeah. for some reason, the second she gets back around her... And I can, I can kind of understand that because the second I get around my brother, I revert into a person that I hate because... He brings that out of me. Yeah. So maybe being around Sansa just brings this terribleness out of her where it's like, God, I fucking hate everything you like. It's all stupid. I have this weird internalized misogyny. Everything you like that's girly. And I love John. And you terrible. don't yeah. seem to love John. Yeah, exactly. So maybe that's maybe that is valid. And also, objectively, not taking Arya, our sweetheart, lovable character, she's a fucking psycho. <laughs> she, she really, really is. I love her. I don't think she that- can do no wrong. However, However, she did murder a lot of people. No, no, I'm I, like that's that's not the line I draw. Like I am completely fine with Arya murdering every free on Me Earth. Me too. I'm saying, yeah, this is not the views I that I necessarily hold, but I think it's an interesting thing to bring up. It is an interesting thing. to bring It up. is valid. The difference, however, and the only point of pushback I will give to that because I do, I know that, I understand that. I think anybody with siblings gets it, mm-hmm. but I think there's a level of I hate your knitting. Versus, I I'm going to tear your face off and wear it. Wear it, it yeah. So that's <laughs> there's, like there's a big gap. The line that Arya is 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 walking is 
perilous. <laughs> Uh, and that's where it falls for me. Is like I, 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 squabbling is fun when you're doing it in a kidding way. Like, should I call you my lady right, now? Yeah. That's the type of stuff that I wish if we were doing here. Amen. You know, oh, that's that Aria. She's gonna be a crow on my side until I'm 90 years old. Like <laughs> that is, uh, amen. Right. Amen. But like I of, want that. Of removing your face. Well, not only that, but also hand. yeah, but also to the point of becoming a completely different person. And really, it didn't start there. It started with pretty much what what happened right after that when Arya one thousand billion million percent correct when she said, "You wouldn't be fucking standing here if it wasn't for me." And oh, I went through everything. Yeah. You, you wouldn't understand. You can't imagine what I went through. And Arya despicably says. I've got a pretty good imagination. Like that's some fucked up shit. And that's when I that's when I got kind of tired of this. Like fully 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 like lethargically tired because yeah. this is where we have hit TV show mode. Like this is a TV show in a show that never used to be one. Because it is fine to say in a TV show where characters have scenes together and we do, you do not expect them to talk to one another. Game of Thrones has absolutely never acted like that. Ever. The fact that they would not talk to one another is galling. And the fact that they can't hash it out as sisters is galling, especially given everything that's happened. It's so dumb. It's so unbelievably dumb. Then we throw someone like Littlefinger, who has become himself. That person in that room with Sansa later on, the next scene or whatever in Winterfell, is not Littlefinger. We gotta talk about that. So some people think that like... From, like, Bran is warging into Littlefinger to the Night King is warging into Littlefinger to Arya is – has already killed Littlefinger off screen and is impersonating Littlefinger or that she's able to take his face without killing anybody, which would be completely new and made up shit, which whatever. Just laying it out almost. He's just like, here are all of my strings. Like, check them. You see them all? I want you to get rid of Bran so that, like, she won't have to choose, you know, like – or she'll kill Arya over you. Like, that's what we want. Yeah. Um, so what do we think about that? Like, is Was that Littlefinger? Yeah, I don't... I think we, we want a lot of things. We want a lot of we things. Want a, we want... We have so much hope. Even now, where, it's, where they're just like, no, it's not good anymore. We're not doing it good anymore. But, but please, maybe. Can you please? Can you please do well? Uh, we, so we want to believe. We want to believe something interesting is happening. Unfortunately, we relegated Littlefinger to this, like incapable yeah. mastermind like he totally incapable and it's the same problem with Varys so, like we won't talk about him this episode but what are they he just, doing they need something to do these are two people that are talking about the realm and about chaos being a these ladder like chess masters and they have been played or they got to in, in their ways I mean they kind of both did to their credit they got to the logical not conclusions if you will but like these were big moves and they both made a lot of really ballsy moves to get where they are, but it's almost like they're like petrified in a way. Like they're a petrified forest of a person because the next move you're going to make, you almost have to go back to step one. Like when you kill Joffrey, that is a huge move. That you, that took you forever to plan, meticulously done. And now you have to go back to like, I have to befriend somebody. I have to go. It's like mm-hmm. you want to keep going on the big stage. But to get these things going, you have to start small. And, and maybe that's – maybe I think we're being a tad disingenuous. Maybe like Littlefinger is going back. He understands like Knights of the Veil. Vale, we did all this shit. Now I got to start small again. I got to start with Sansa. Chip this away. 
And maybe right. I, I just want him to go get Howlin' Reed and like start like get Wait, John's something. name out there and do something. I mean, if chaos is really like your shit, man, throw some stuff around. Yeah, I agree. Mix some things up, buddy. Well, and Brienne mentioned it too because it's like, do you know, you know, Littlefinger's untrustworthy. He's talking to all these other people. You know, like what is he saying behind your back? And that's good because Littlefinger's sowing those little. Nuggets of doubt or whatever, or but was that Arya? We just don't have enough time to spend with these kind of characters anymore. I, and we're really just problem. gonna skip over this at this point because, like, uh, so Brienne is gone. Brienne's going down there to meet Jamie to kind of you know whatever is going to happen next week. We'll get into predictions. Okay, so How I don't do we really about one hundred percent understand what happened in that scene. They got a note from King's Landing saying what? Yeah, that to, to come down essentially for what? I probably to bend the knee. Or something, like or like to just swear to, fealty because we have you know, fealty. Like, we heard that there's a king in the north again, and, uh, and they and he, well, I guess he's king. Yeah, exactly, something like that. Mm. And then it's like, well, well, I'm not going. So Brienne goes. They did everything but tell you what it said. I felt like, which is they've yada yada everything. Yeah. At this point, and they've also like I I think that this is something that's taken the longest for me to even like comprehend because like if you read it as Arya is Littlefinger and like this is a Sansa test. And she passed it. Like, she right. got rid of Brienne because she trusts Sansa. Or, like, or, uh, what I think is actually going to be at play is either, like, Sansa's in on the joke. If he is hearing about Descent, then he believes it. So that either means that Arya and Sansa did, in fact, have a conversation off screen. And they're both playing Littlefinger. And they're both playing Littlefinger, which you want to talk about TV tropes. That is a TV trope. Like, Glenn, did he die on The Walking Dead? Not going to tell you for five episodes. Fuck you. Like, and that's just, like, one example of many where they just lead you on for no fucking reason. This show does not have to fucking do that. And so if we're going to pretend that the last six weeks we've watched were two sisters playing an objectively horrible person for fun, that makes me think differently of Sansa. And of, like, Brienne. Like, she would play along. She would be delighted to play a game with her two best friends that she's sworn to protect. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I don't think that there's I don't I literally do not think that there's anything here that explains what's happening. Nothing satisfying. There will be no satisfying answer. Unless Bran is like Arya's dead. I've worked into her. Like I don't fucking know. <laughs> and like I have to put you there. I have to put you at the war. The war's coming. Yeah. I have to do this. Like binge mode made a good point this week where they said that they don't know how to do fantasy, and so instead they're writing bad drama. And not even, like, good politics. Like, I mean, that's what drew you to the show is mm-hmm. not the fantasy but the political aspect. That's still what you like the most, yeah. people sitting in rooms and talking. I would have loved that. To have Arya and Sansa sit around in a room and talk is my cup of tea. But no. But no, because we pretend it. that this is more dramatic and interesting. All right, before we go back to the wall, let's stop in Dragonstone. Talk a little bit of Tyrion. So Tyrion. So I'm kind of tired of uh, Danny and uh, Tyrion talking. Really? Yeah. Huh, why? Uh, circles, just the same kind of stuff over and over again. Hmm. Um, it was it was fine. It was good to have uh, the John stuff. You know, like, oh, it's interesting. All those people love you. Oh my god, really, oh my John? God. You think John really likes me? Jesus. That was right. And uh, I will say, however, if we didn't have that scene, we would not get to see like radiance personified. Like, oh my god, Amelia Clark as Daenerys. That quote. That coat. Oh. That coat is amazing. Amazing. Hats off to the costume designers. Absolutely. Uh, and if that was like your the bullet you were saving for now, like, okay. I understand it, everything. Everything's been worth it for that coat. <laughs> for that coat <laughs> and for just that look. I mean, my lord, her hair, mm-hmm. the way that she just sort of looks over the fire. Ugh. 
I, it got me thinking a lot about um, Hard Home is, is e- easily a reference to this episode. It's like Hard Home Light, essentially. Right. Least we forget, though, Hard Home is also famous because – and what makes it, I think, a top three episode of all time is not only was Hard Home so unexpectedly great, had no idea a battle like that was going to happen, especially in episode eight when everyone's waiting for episode nine. But that was also the first episode that Tyrion met Daenerys. And their conversation together lasted like 15 minutes. And that was where we heard about breaking the wheel. And so it was fun to have them, again, as we've referenced a million times about breaking the wheel. And Aegon created the wheel. And we're doing the wheel metaphor. We keep doing the wheel thing. Yeah, I'm over them saying the words the wheel. Yeah, So, but we created that with Hard Home. And I feel like I know that we're sort of echoing what happened then. And it's crazy that it's been two years that they've been together. It it almost doesn't feel that way. Because it feels like... Tyrion's always been there, but there's like a whole life of Tyrion where he's yeah. not been with Daenerys. Yeah. But it is weird because I feel Tyrion's in another sort of flying pattern too, where he's just circling Daenerys. And like, I, I just wonder if that's like his true end is that. Yeah. When they brought up, are we, you know, are we laying a trap? Do we have any mm-hmm. plans where Dane brought that up? I, I, it made me for the first time think, does Tyrion have a long game? Does he really? I mean, it's hard for me to think of the Tyrion pre Danny that wouldn't have a little bit of his best interest in mind, but like just like some other goal to for him to just put himself completely behind this other person and not have any designs on his own future seems a little weird. Yeah. Although it all made me think of the scene where she gives him the little hand pin and she's like, "I hope it is this I okay." Is this and what right? I think that he changed so a lot in his. I think that's also. True of, t- of Tyrion is that he – well, just from being the guy pissing off the wall and right. being snarky to a fully-fledged serious person. You yeah. know, I think dragons have changed him dramatically. But his self-interest should be the thing almost that's kind of pushing him forward. Like mm-hmm. if I want that house in King's Landing again, right, I want to be there. I want to live there and I want to have a life of some kind, whatever I envision that to be. If I want that, then I need this to work. Right. How do I get that to work? Instead of thinking – just about Danny, he should maybe think more about himself. How do I right. get there? Is that even what he wants? I don't know. That's what I'm. That's yeah. what I'm curious on, and we don't know, don't know because we don't talk about no it. No one has motivations anymore. Yeah. And we talked about it before. Tyrion and Jamie. That scene would have been twenty minutes on oh, a different TV show, and we would have so fleshed good. out some people's fucking feelings. But instead, we get nothing, and then we get him running after her as she's flying off to help John, and just being like, "Don't go, don't go, stay for me." Don't go die. I mean, it was almost pathetic. Like, if you die, this is for nothing. We have nothing. We're gone. Everything's over. And he's not wrong. But, like, what is a world if you're not willing to, like, fucking fight for it, especially against the dead? Like, get out of (laughs) here. It's true. Yeah. The wall part two. Beyond the wall. Beyond the wall. Beyond the wall. Beyond the wall. Part two. Bear attack. (laughs) Do bears have blue eyes? So much. Also, just want to shout out the rest of the world who's, like, losing their minds about scouting parties. Amen. Because we couldn't get a scouting party to save our lives to grab fucking Tyrion and – or Tyrion, to grab Jamie and Bronn, mm-hmm. uh, to, which would have drastically changed what everyone thought the story was going to be. Can you imagine if they were just prisoners and we weren't doing all this bullshit? Oh, my God. It would be fucking a better show. Anyways – why is this guy walking ahead of everybody? Like, if you're in a fucking snowstorm, you don't need a scout to go out and tell you that they can't see anything. What are you thinking? Either you – I just think fundamentally Westeros has no concept of what a scout is. Like, <laughs> go up on that hill and tell me if there's Dothraki. Can you do that? 
<laughs> no, never occurred. Never, never even fucking thought of it. There um, were so many. I, they just kept regenerating. I felt like the red shirt guys, the sled shirts. There was actually five that were there and five okay. that died. I know. I counted them as we went. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. So it's legit. They weren't gonna fuck up a little thing like that, um, which I'm happy for. However, so did you, I mean? Did you like the bear attack? Was it? Eh. It was all right. Uh, Thoros getting hit. I mean, Thoros is such an easy kill. It's so like this, I I have a theory that I think I brought mm. up a little bit ago, but it's not super important. Uh, but so Thoros saves the hound, uh, and yeah. Thoros makes somebody makes the point to say like that was your last your last life, Beric. You know, that was the, the hound. hound says it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hound is going to bring Beric or John back to life. I feel like the hound wouldn't just do that if. Dondarrion were to get slain in battle or something mm-hmm. like that because I think he respects that Dondarrion is living his last life so I, I like it I totally agree with you though I think the hound there's way more to the hound than we well, know I've been thinking that since they did the little flame, the flame and thing. everybody was like this seems too fast I was like that's probably because they're trying to make him to make it yeah a person that can bring people back to life and not understand why which is totally Thoros I mean if, yeah. again Thoros is just a drunk dude who just happened to bring back his friend and completely converted over you know it's it's kind of great they attack um the bear with dragonglass mm-hmm. after mm, 10 minutes <laughs> jorah's finally like oh shit i have, I have this oh yeah i could have just reason, done I'm this i'm the only one that's carrying it yeah. i mean john's got the valerian steel sword good enough but yeah. why doesn't everyone have dragonglass i don't understand you're carrying a sled of it you talked <laughs> only about mining it the fuck out of the White Walker Canyon attack was pretty dope. Not only was it dope because it was beautiful, those overhead shots. Oh, yeah. My lord. Yeah, what do you think about um, about the White Walkers? Essentially, you kill the White Walker and the Whites die. I think that's fine. That's a lot of, like, that's common in certain zombie mythology. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's fine. But then the Night King, you kill the Night King and it's all over. So maybe. We think, yeah. Maybe, or maybe he's just turned the majority of majority. them, but not all of them. Or maybe it's, like, through transference where... The Night King turned all of the White Walkers, and therefore all the White Walkers and everyone they've turned go. Yeah, see, that's what's kind of fun. So it could be that. And I thought a little bit about it more, too, where I'm like, I could, like, at the end of a battle, right? So, like, at the end of this, say, everybody fought, a lot of people died, a lot of Whites died. It seemed like at Hard Home, a lot of that kind of shit happened, too. Mm-hmm. And again, we're, the stuff that happened in Hard Home and happened here are quite different, so they might be like, fuck Hard Home. Oh, you're is, saying that somebody should have discovered that killing a white kills more than just – Potentially. Or a white walker kills a bunch of Or whites. that it's even worse because like if they go into battle like that, it's almost like the Night King – maybe he doesn't turn every single person. But it's like if you die and there's enough of you left – we saw it Hard Home. Basically, all these people died, real people and – Whites died. Everyone's battling. But at the very end, when the Night King walks out, he raised everyone. So it's almost as if in this battle, there might be people tied to, you know, Stu and David and all the other White Walkers. You know, they've turned all their own people. Right. But when they fall, right, say they're just like knocked out or dead or whatever it is, I feel like at the end, the Night King can almost walk in and clean up. So everybody that was once turned by Stu is now turned again by the Night King. Can you re-reanimate whites? But that's what I'm saying. In Hard Home, you did because the heart, everyone, everybody stood up. Hmm. Like even, unless I'm like completely misremembering it, but it was a, it was a, a battlefield of bodies and the Night King doing his, you know, his, raising his arms, everyone stood up, hmm. including the new people that were just turned, but also some gnarly looking skeletons. It right. was as if 
none of it mattered. They were then under his spell. So I I think that makes it worse for the Night King because even the people that ended up, you know, losing battles and dying or whatever, he almost had, maybe he's the only one with the power to like swoop in and be like, now you're, now you're mine. Like you were Stu's, but now you're mine. Right. I don't know. So then you've got like, and then that kind of like umbrellas it, you know, everyone's sort of on his side. But I think in the end, regardless of whatever the politics are with, you know, between Stu, David, and the Night King and all of that, I don't know. Although I want to see that sitcom for sure. <laughs> um, and it got me thinking all week, just like, what is it like where, you know, all the whites are going back to the bar at the end of the day and they go out to the Arrowhead Mountain, which is obviously important, but we're never going to talk about it. And they go out to the bar and they're just like, you know, I'm kind of tired of hanging out with all the people that, you know, my dude turned. You know, I think tomorrow, hey, listen, no, no. I'm skipping work tomorrow. I'm skipping out and I'm going with you guys on the party. That's just, it's final. It's final. And they're like, no, no, we need somebody to be captured. So that sounds convenient to us. And then, yeah. So come on, just tag along. And then they go. And of course, one of them lives, which is fucking stupid, objectively stupid. Uh, but it was great. I really enjoyed the fight and also the then incoming army and running. It was, it was so well done that you forget how fucking stupid all that's right stupid it is yeah what is the deal with the white i mean the white goes beyond the wall that's where we're at now that magic has got to go away like there is no world that that's making it to king's landing right yeah or hilariously it'll be fine up until you get to the dragon pit and then it's going to turn to ash or whatever you know they're going to well, do wasn't, didn't they do that earlier in, in one of the seasons they brought a hand but the hand got destroyed by got, the time they made it yeah back. and it just got destroyed as it went right so i feel like they're going to do it again just to reemphasize the fact that this season didn't matter. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I feel like that's kind of where we're going, and that's where we're gonna like turn Daenerys, and we're gonna do some stuff where it's just like pretend this never happened. Shit, who can say? Happen. Island on the lake. It's where we're at. We love it. Um, I thought it was really fun getting to the lake. I loved them falling in the lake. Mm-hmm. Being there was great. See, I hard home. My favorite part about it was really that seeing the vistas of bodies. That was the best, and I think this this did a really good job of like, there are so many fucking people around us right now. Yeah. It is scary as hell. So I'm I was really into that. I really I really loved it. You love the hound throwing the rocks. Yeah, that was your favorite. What a dumb thing to do. It was a lot of fun, and I don't know if I mean I let you know the second watching that I saw the guy that he hit with the rock broke his jaw. You know, he's just a skeleton dude. That dude rides and dies the entire battle. He fights with with the hound. Even the hound notices him and is like, ah, fuck you. I'm going to get you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then he he slams the sword down and then dude falls into the water. And then as Tormund's being dragged in, his motherfucking body surfaces because of course it does. And they start pulling Tormund in. I was like, show you didn't have to do that. And I, god damn it. I do appreciate that. I really like that. I thought... I really seriously thought for a moment we were going to get a gruesome end to Tormund. Like, body ripped, ripped in half. It's like, because I don't know if you remember that one episode of Walking Dead where the dude's caught in the door and uh-huh. ripped off part of his face and uh-huh. it's the most disgusting thing ever. I really thought we were going that route. Yeah. And then we didn't. I was like, I was both really happy and really kind of upset. At it would have been kind of sick, too, because Arya mentioned that. He said, remember, she was like, were you really tortured? Did they take your body and right. pull your body apart or whatever and breaking your whatever? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, because stretch you until your bones crack. Until your bones cracked. Yeah. Well, what if Torment got the bone? <gasps> the sick part of me isn't happy that Torment's alive for more <laughs> jokes, but I also he should have died. They all should have died. Frankly, yeah. I mean, we'll get to that in a in a quick second because 
Poor writing. That's probably the, the biggest thing. I thought the whole time stabbed the ice. Like, I mean, the hound did it. He slammed into the ice and they fell. I feel like... Do that more? Do that harder? Yeah, because before... Yeah. But then I'm also on the side that, like, the Night King brings winter. It should have frozen over immediately. Like, I don't quite understand. So the rules, again, with good fantasy, there has to be rules. There has to be a reason to care. Mm-hmm. And I'm not always, like, the biggest fantasy person, but I am a stickler for rules. Because and I hate it when rules are not there. for dragons for magic mm-hmm. but then the rest of shit has to make sense otherwise fundamentally what it, are you doing but even worse is like when the dragons and stuff make more sense than gendry running through <laughs> back to the wall hours going 80 miles on foot like it just like it fun it just kills you it kills you inside and and this was one of them i think that like the fantasy while it got really sloppy at the end fundamentally makes sense they've done a great job but it's like this season they've just fuck all cared about what it means to be a human being as a corporeal body moving across the earth. You can't do it at the speeds that we're talking. It just it breaks down. It makes a story weak when there's no consequences for anybody's actions. And that is something I've never said about Game of Thrones. The fight itself was was really great, though. I really liked it. It felt claustrophobic, yeah. which I felt like uh, the same thing in the Battle of the Bastards where you're like, pushing in and john too just like standing there like this is it man i got two, I got two inches you know, like when uh jorah i think backs up into him and they turn around oh no torment mm-hmm. backs up and they're gonna fight and then they're like oh shit <laughs> like we're right behind each other and this is it so naturally it's ridiculous that danny saves the day right at the end but of course amazing just the cg is out of this world yeah it's great. dragons look great unreal how good it looks that i've never seen anything like it ever <laughs> it's so great um so what do we think about the night king in this scenario it's ironic that all Jon snow talks about is ending the night king we have to kill the night king and then Don Darian suggests- says why don't you go kill that guy right there he's definitely controlling everybody ah, but no. i gotta get this white to cersei first right. i could end the war that i've been trying to fight for the last four years right now uh, go I, fight him right now. Right now. Or I could take the long way home and hope that this dumbass plan works out. Cool. Uh, Which is not a plan so much as like, hey, Cersei, are we cool to like stop hostilities? Right. And then what? And then what? And then what? Profit? Right. I mean, it, we're like a bad Because meme. there's no fucking Lannister army left. Like, what is Cersei going to offer you other than stopping fighting us? Which you've already stopped because by nature of you have no, no army. army. It's like stopping by... To, like, the farmer in, like, season one and, like, everyone goes to his house to be like, hey, I'm here to show you something. Can you please stop fighting me? And he's like, never fought you a day, ma'am. Okay. Then I'm we have a deal. Out then. here storing grain. All right? But you're saying hostilities are ended, right? Right? Yes. Right. Won the war, baby! <laughs> Won the fucking war! Uh, the Night King is getting more Muppety by the second. I he looks hate, a lot like Bran. <laughs> I mean, but I absolutely hate the way he's being animated. I just, mm. he looks so fucking goofy. He looks like a baby. I've got to say that I, some uh, part of me agrees with like the Night King, for whatever reason, again, it's Bran, obviously, but he's keeping Jon Snow alive for something because it is absurd that he wouldn't just throw his spear, which he's an expert in and just kill Jon Snow or kill Drogon that has the entire party on it, (laughs) throw it directly at the white foiling their plans. 
instead he goes for the for the flex. He's like, I t- listen. I told Stu and I told Dave <laughs> that like we knew dragons were coming, and they're like, he's just gonna throw it on the ground. It's like no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm throwing it up in the air. Listen, I, I've only hit it once when we've been doing target practice, <laughs> but I'm gonna get it this fucking time. I'm gonna get, fucking get it. Got that magic assist. Like you saw Stu's face, he was like. Oh, He's going to go for it. (laughs) And you're goddamn right I did. And I fucking got it. Like, drinks are on stew tonight, for sure. One yard, but this asshole is going to throw a pass. Absolutely. And he fucking (laughs) killed it. Uh, Absolutely incredible doing that. I don't know if there's, like, anything to be gleaned from, like, all of the jokes about the scorpion. And then, obviously, it's sort of the same thing. But he's a magical creature, like, throwing a spear in the air. But it's the same thing. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if there's, like, something to be said. I don't really care. I don't want to say it. That was incredible. Falling from the sky was really beautiful. And then, like, man, hitting the ice, bleeding out. And then, like, uh, Rhaegal, like, just fucking off. He's gone. He's out of here. And Drogon, like, whimpering. Like, I watched this show in, like, a state of constant panic. And I'm just like, (laughs) oh, my God. Oh, my God. I really don't take in the beats. So it's that was really sad. Not into it. But... They did it really well. Because the I'll dragons really them. sound like they're in such pain. Drogon especially was like, oh no, yeah. my brother. Yes. And then Jon Snow runs off to fight. <sighs> Danny is sad. We'll get to them in a minute. Why didn't he just get on the fucking dragon? Why didn't Benjamin just get on the fucking horse? Jon Snow. He stays. You gotta go. Dude's pulling out round two. Fucking, Stu, I told you. I told you. Dave, grab me that thing. <laughs> I'm just gonna take, I'm just, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> The other one's gone. You, I can't see him, so I gotta go after this one. So just let, let, let's just get this done, right? Thanks, Should've Dave. Done it the first time. Should've done it the first time. Oh, and then that's what they're saying. It's like fuck you guys because if I did do it, you guys would have made fun of me. Like I <laughs> showed you. Fuck you. Uh, but anyway, so he's like, you gotta get out of here, right? So John then is fighting. The fighting was cool. Falling into the water was. I mean, it's all really traumatic. But even him coming back out of the water was really dope. We'll say nothing about the hilt of the sword. Don't care. Not a thing. No. It's definitely ice and water. Just right, what the fuck? Who cares? Um, when he got up, though, I loved it. I, his he was really convincing. Just oh my like, god, the way he's oh. walking across the thing, like he really looks messed up. I know, which is really <laughs> great. And you can tell shit's fucked. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna die, but not die. Like I don't know what's going on. You will freeze to death. And then motherfucking Benjamin oh. out of nowhere. He looked great. He looked great. Graceless note. I don't know. He looked so cool. He looks. So I liked cool. his little weapon. I like. He's just a badass. It, but there was I, no time to get on the horse. I mean, that's whatever. It would slow a horse down. Just like that's how horses work. If with two people, it would be harder for him to get away. And the White Walkers are pretty, the whites are pretty fast. Regardless, the the biggest point point is like it sucks to the pigeon came back to die. He did choreograph this though to Bran. So okay, here's where I'll jump on my little horse because I have been thinking about it, and this is something I have not heard anywhere else so strap in hold on to your butts when benjamin benjamin telegraphed this to bran back in the day when they were when he was about to say goodbye he was like i met the three-eyed raven before he was you and he told me what was coming i can't go now he does mention friends so i i want to believe that like they just like didn't have time for friends or Benjamin's done something terribly wrong and all of his <laughs> friends hate him and they did not join him for his party, which is really sad. It's like, this is my going away party, guys. They didn't show. That's devastating. But I think that it's not about it. He could have got on the horse. That's nonsense. But I think that that he is like a perfect fantasy character because by saying there's no time, he's not talking about there's no time for me to get on this horse. He's saying there is no time. 
Now, I'm not saying that in a context where you're going to understand that I'm not talking about time for me to get on this horse, but that there is literally no time. Everything that happened is happening again. I am only put here to do this one task. This is my lot right now. I think that he's the vague character in a fantasy story that tells you the hard truth, the real truth, but you don't understand it until you're supposed to understand it. And Benjamin is that person. And I think the Three-Eyed Raven opened him up to the possible. I mean, obviously dying and being brought back by the children of the forest is already a traumatic experience. But then being told like, hey, I'm also Bran and I'm Bran the Builder and I'm Bran Stark that you know. I'm also the Night King. There is no such thing as time. There's no such thing as anything. We're all just fucking here. I don't know. I mean, I'm just like going off now on a tangent, but. That's a, that's a better show. That's a better show, but also like if it literally is, I, there's not enough time for me to get on this horse, I want to die. So I need, <laughs> oh I need to believe that like when he's saying that, he is saying a, a deeper truth. There is no time. And, and that might mean something very specific to John, that there's no more time to fuck around. There's no more time to dilly-dally. There's no more time you know, to trust certain people over others, like sort of echoing Don Darian's point, which is that there's no more time. Go. You have to make the most of the moment. So is that a silver lining? No, because we end up on a boat where Danny is staring on some Jon Snow and I'm with the world. That guy almost died. A, why would you take his sopping wet body and throw him on the bed that he's going to convalesce in? Cover him up. Why are we like just showing his abs? Like get him head to toe covered with a blanket. He's going to die. Yes. Nope. We need Danny to know, see everything and then swoon. How he doesn't, how he comes back. Like how he is brought back from the brink of hypothermia. I will never know because they did not properly take care of him. <laughs> no. And he rode a long way and the horse just knew the way, which again, that's fine. I'm, I'm on the horse knowing where to go, but yeah. Okay. So let's just state for the record one more time. Danny, and John, we are against. Yeah, that's incest, my friend. Incest, my friend. I'm caring a little less more and more, not because oh, I want it to happen, just because I know it's apologist. going to happen. Apologist. I'm not an apologist. <laughs> I just know it's going to happen, so I can either be pissed off or just let it happen, I guess. Um, so what do we think that we talked a lot about barrenness and about babies? One person that I work with who is a book reader uh, proffered to me that something that I had not thought about is that Danny can get, which has been said, Danny is actually able to get pregnant. And that Jon Snow is going to get him a bun in the oven for sure. Then he's going to find out that they're on and that, that she oh. is. And then he's going to be like, I'm conflicted. <laughs> that thing needs to die or something. And she's like, it's fine. Everything's cool. And he's like, no, it's not. And then we're enemies, I guess. I don't know. It's like so unsatisfying. I swear to God, if we do absolutely anything with Danny becoming pregnant with Jon Snow's baby... Fuck this show and, you know, fuck, fuck them on the horse that Jamie and Cersei rode in on because that's fine. That's fine because that is like baked in the oven from number one, from day one. This shit does not have to happen. It just doesn't have to happen. And I feel like Benny Offenweiss don't give a shit. I just don't think that they care. I think that they'll do it. So, Thank you, Danny. Danny. Here's the last person who called me that. I'm not sure, was it my brother? Mm. Not the company you want to keep. But also, the shitty plan they had did work. At least as far as I know, right now. Yeah, again, it, it doesn't matter if it worked. What matters is that the end game of it 
makes no sense. Like, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You can accomplish every part of your dumb plan that you want. But in the end, if the goal has no purpose, what's the point? And then we end, obviously, with Ice Dragons. I mean, we called it last week. In your fucking faces, everybody. We both said it here. Ice Dragons, come in. How do you feel about that? I don't know. Wow. Well, are you sad? I don't know. Well, Aww. I'm sad that the dragon died. Yeah. But also, like, Saron, I, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to be used. It's just so many questions. This were predictions. Can actually going to ride this dragon? Is he going to use a warg ability? Like... Can the dragon go over the wall? Like, what does it look like? So what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? I don't know. What's your grand prediction? This is the season finale. I know. How do we end this? How do we do this? Like, the next week on looks like shit. Like, nothing's going to happen. And I don't... We're in a dumb, defunct arena where... What is happening? So, I don't know, man. All right, here's my my take. Here's what I think is going to happen. Please say something. I don't have anything to say. I foresee us... Hilariously, it's, it's like you can't say it without like almost laughing. But like perched on the wall, you've got fucking uh, the Night King on top of his dragon on top of uh, Viseron, which will rename something really cute. To, like, well, yeah, not no. I, I just see him kind of perched up there. Like they can get to the wall. I don't know. We're not going to explain. It. it doesn't matter. Great shot. I mean, just imagine <laughs> how cool it would be. Fine, whatever. It's cool. We just see that that's what's happening. We go over to King's Landing. We do our nonsense bullshit. Here's what I want to happen. Here are the here are the things that I one is I expect I expect the wall to come down. So I expect when he you think it's actually going to mm-hmm, happen uh, when he leaves the wall is coming down, like as now, he flies over the wall. Yeah, and so that I think is where we if a good show a show that wants to redeem points will do something to build the Night King in this moment right now where he now has the ability to fly to do something about who are you, what are you doing, and why. Give him some motivation. If the show doesn't do that, then we are, I think, going to be dealing with an amorphous blob incarnate evil, which is boring because we've, we've actually had those characters pretty much consistently throughout the show. Cartoonish evil characters. Okay, that's fine. I mean, that's what we're working to. The, these guys are actually evil and not really cartoons, except they are because they're CG, so they're kind of cartoons, but you get my point. If they can't do that, which means Bran and the Night King essentially come to a they talk. They say something to one another. Especially if Sam goes up there too. Like if Sam and Bran, I, I want Sam and Bran. I have predictions, but what I would really want is Sam and Bran to sit down in chairs, right like this. Cameras are gonna be pointed at both their faces. We're gonna do a split screen. Sam is going to pull out his phone and he's going to check Twitter for questions and they are just going to talk to us, the audience, and fill us in on what the fuck's going on. Nice. That is a perfect world where we kind of do that and Bran gets to tell us like what's going on. But if they can interact, I think that there could be some good stuff coming out of it, especially if Gilly brings up some Rhaegar information. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that's really esoteric because it can really go any way. It's, it's what they decide to do. But I do think that he's going to leave. If this show wanted to be badass, I think it would have brought the wall down in episode one. Didn't happen. If this show wants to be badass, we bring down the wall this next episode and we flush out the Night King. That's fine. But we not only that, we have the Night King ride. The Night King rides to King's Landing. Now, in King's Landing, fuck it. Whatever the fuck is happening with Cersei, she fucking dies. Now, in my head, I'm, I'm painting a medieval um, tableau. Jamie's over here strangling Cersei. Okay. 
Clegane Bowl is happening over there. Lady Stoneheart <laughs> is walking in the background unnoticed <laughs> over there. Uh, Danny and John, of course, are making out on a, a table or whatever. And Viserion is fighting Drogon and Rhaegal in the sky. And they are torching and icing or whatever, whatever's happening here. They take down King's Landing. So whatever's going on down in real world, Clegane Bowl is happening. All of it's oh. happening at once. But in the end, my my perfect shot for a season finale is a shot for shot remake of the House of the Undying with Danny walking through the the ash uh, snow. We couldn't tell what it was, but King's Landing is completely destroyed. She is walking through the Red Keep, and she looks. We kind of like zoom around her, and we see her looking at the throne. No one's in her way. Cut. Done. That's it. She's in King's Landing. Cersei's dead. She's in the city. We, maybe we don't know about the dragons. Maybe they're still fighting above or maybe uh, the Night King relented and left or whatever. But essentially he's struck a blow. Cersei's done. So now she's the queen. And then we can rally around people. I don't know. Like, I don't know if the show's going to make Danny a bad guy because if she does then something really dramatic has to happen. But if we're going to root for our, our main characters, we have to let Cersei go. We have to have an alliance of people to fight with Daenerys and Jon against the Night King. And I think what I've just laid out is the best possible scenario. None of that's going to happen. No, what's going to happen is that they're just going to fuck around and someone's like going to fart and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> and it's the mountain because he's like gas is just escaping his body. <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't actually know. Like, I mean, I think that sounds poetic and beautiful. Like, when are we going to do House of the Undying? They will do that. They will recreate that scene. But they're going to do it. The last episode of the show. Like, they're going to just do it like that. Oh, yeah. The very last episode of the show will be that. But I bet Will be her sitting on the throne and smiling and, like... No, I think would it... Like, I don't know. I think it would be her and John at the mouth of it instead being, like, who's going to get the chair at the end of the show? Fuck that. Fuck that. But can't you see it? I can. <laughs> I could see it this... But I could see it tomorrow, too. Yeah. Well, no, because John, that's, that's a fundamental disgrace to John's character. But that's what we're all about. Oh, yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah. Because John shouldn't give a shit. If they did but, that, I swear to God, this the whole season would have been redeemed in my eyes because everything's so, – and, and Bran – or I'm sorry, Bran. Well, Bran is everyone, of course. But Bran, Bran – But Bran would – he's totally going to roll over to Tyrion's side. Like he said dragons are the end of it for me. So I think that something's going to happen with Jamie, and I know we're everyone's an apologist for Jamie. So either Jamie is going to, to kill Cersei – and die himself or he's going to live to see like I don't Brienne's going there he's going to feel so ashamed that he has lived up to nothing that they they talk about all the time about being a good person and not making incest babies I mean it's really a simple list and he's <laughs> failed at almost everything most important question Kelly is are we going to see the overhead Jamie shot again I don't know um, I'm always looking for it I hope so right low-key MVP it's been looking that's the best part of the season for sure it is so I'm uh, hoping we get to see that I'm worried that we're doing a lot of dumb shit. There's a scene of what I think is Theon on the beach, a beach of Dragonstone, I'm imagining. Oh, Euron's got to show up. up. I'm not even thinking about fucking Euron. Yara hopefully shows back up just because I want to know what's going on with her. Are we ever going to find out that, yeah, Illyria's still in the basement? Like, I'm still looking for that Illyria, Jamie watch. I know. Well, Um, that was episode two. Yeah, you're waiting. I want to say that none of this can't all happen in one episode because it's too much, but... If the season has shown us anything, it's that people can travel at speed of light and do whatever the fuck they want to all the time. And everyone's there. So it's not like – even in my scenario, everyone's there. It's only the Night King on a dragon that would need to travel somewhere. I think we will not see the Whites 
at all. Next episode. I think that's fair. Uh, but the wall coming down, where are you at on that? That could be the very, sure. Let's the do, last scene. The last scene will be the fucking Night King coming over the wall coming down. Sure. Okay, so that's, that is my, I, I mean, I will have a hard on for it, but uh, that is my worst case scenario in this because I think that that's so fucking cheap and corny. You need to do it. Bring the wall down in the first 10 minutes, frankly. Or bring it bring it down after the first act. When you get the Night King sorted, then you do it. But yeah, if the last thing we do is the wall coming down and then like, but then what? What happened in King's Landing? Are we even doing anything? Are we like... I think we'll spend... Like, how long is the episode going to be? Do you know? It's going to be almost an hour and a half. I think we'll spend an hour and 20 in King's Landing garbage, whatever, sewing up all this, yara, blah, 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 like everything, right? And oh, then yeah, the last 10 minutes up. are going to be... Hey, Bran, let's talk about some shit that's gone on. Mm. Night King in the last 20 oh, seconds. Oh, and then like, oh, Littlefinger, we killed him 10 weeks ago. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, right? <laughs> we'll go to Winterfell for some reason. But then, oh, man, no. I don't know, man. I just I'm so like, this didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> I was supposed to get excited about it. <laughs> I was excited earlier today, and now I'm like super depressed. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. Regard. I mean, it's the show is the show. And I'm, I'm it really, and that, that's what brings me to like my major... My major point, which has been made elsewhere, George R. R. Martin has won the season. Like, I, I would have never thought that I would feel this way because we were riding on Winds of Winter, one of the best episodes, the best episode of the series. And it's like, really? Season six is your best episode? Oh my God. That is rare to keep being so great. Now, they've stumbled like hell this season in a way that I just never thought Game of Thrones ever could. This is a weird outlier, I think, season wise. They've never had it this low. This is pretty poor and i don't know maybe we're just like all no no it's poor it's terrible <laughs> yeah it's but george R. R. martin i'm more excited for the books now than i ever was um because i i think no matter how they resolve this like none of the characters are where they are in the books as we currently know them but whatever happens even if there's just shades of what's going on motherfucker we're gonna get so much more information and at this point for somebody who wants a like, competent storytelling and like a steady hand George is your man. Like, that's... Benioff and Weiss are not. So let's all calm down a little bit. They've been graced with some of the best characters in fantasy literature ever, period. So let's all calm down a bit on what they can and cannot do. But I hope that they can at least do something justice. I don't know. I just don't think they care about the characters anymore. And I just think they're going to do some bullshit. Like, time warp into, like present day america oh, oh wait no no no! better no. better 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 civil war america, civil war america. Oh, confederate america no. Tyrion is like a civil war oh, no, no, he's, no, he's a no. southern soldier no, he's just, a southern no. oh and they cut it like that like john is in the north no and like they're no. in the south just no we did never accept a southern ruler daenerys would no. be like in charleston harbor like with her confederate well and we joked i mean when she was like leaning over john i was like she's just gonna rip her shirt off and have a confederate tattoo on. we've become so warped and so fucking jaded there is no description for next week so i have nothing for you um it's called the dragon and the wolf which is great and a, a lot of times when they do the names of the because i think they've done like the lion and the rose mm-hmm. and that's where Tyrion or uh that's where joffrey yeah, yeah. took it um those ended up being some of the best episodes. I've got high hopes. I think even if you just check a couple boxes, you've created one of the best episodes in all of television history. Well, the wall comes down. The wall comes down. Even if it's not on our terms. We are, we are talking. We'll meet again, Kelly. I fucking hope not. See you next week. Bye. Bye.